Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast. As always, sponsored by Running Aces Racetrack Casino and Hotel and website AMP. In this chat's edition of the podcast, we're going to hang out with Duncan Palamortis. Uh, he's a math genius. He's a math tutor. He's a poker coach. He's an author. All kinds of really cool stuff, and I'm excited to introduce him to, to Rec Poker Nation. Uh, first, let's introduce our panel. Uh, my name is Steve Fredland. I go by Rec Poker Steve in the home game. And I've got a quote from Albert Einstein, which is appropriate for uh, our panelists today. He said, pure mathematics is, in its way, the poetry of logical ideas. And I'm Chris Jones, 5x5 five five on PokerStars and Twitter. Uh, and I had a poker first this weekend. I cracked two pairs of aces. <laughs> In the same hand. <laughs> In the same hand. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I'm Jim Reed, uh, Bluff Storini in the home game, and I'm just happy to be here. Nice. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Radman50 everywhere. And uh, poker is alive and well in Las Vegas. <laughs> we'll have to talk about that more. Yeah, well, thanks, guys, for jumping on here. Thanks to the folks that are in the chat. A couple of quick things that we uh, that we want to share. Obviously, we'll share more of this in the back end, but want to make sure that you're aware of these things. First of all, by the time this airs, uh, we're recording this January 18th. It's going gonna, it's gonna to air on the 26th which is the day before. So if you're listening to this when it releases, it's the day before the award show. The Reckies are here, our first annual award show. It's going to be a blast. We have so many pros that have submitted videos. It's going to be so much fun. So uh, check that out on the website, rec.poker slash Reckies, R-E-C-I-E-S, and get all the information there. And then our Fareed Jatin training course is coming up as well. Starts January 3rd. Uh, I was hoping to have a special announcement to share with you. Let me look. Oh, I can't share it. I haven't gotten it. Maybe later in the show, I'm waiting to get a text back on who the special guest coach along with Fareed might be. So hopefully later in the show, I'm going to have that announcement for you all. But but with that, uh, let's let's bring him in here. Uh, Duncan Palamortis. Uh, and I was reading about you, Duncan. Uh, man, it's, it's fantastic. Some of the stuff that you've done. Uh, so let's just let's just bring you in and, and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and where you're calling in from. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Duncan Palamortis. Actually, my my birth name is uh, Constantinos Palamortis. So that is 23 characters between my first name and my last name. So everybody just calls me Duncan and everybody's happier that way, including myself. So it's <laughs> uh, it's easier to communicate that way. Um, but all, all jokes aside, I, I'm technically mathematician by trade. Uh, that's what I've, I've studied pretty much all of my life. I still study study every day. Um, but I, I, I'm interested in, in applying mathematics to, 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 to various um, fields. And in particular, I was incredibly interested in, in applying it to poker. So for the, the, the past, uh, I want to say like for the, for the past six years, at least, uh, I'm almost, you know, like a full time uh, working on, on the mathematics of poker, essentially. So it's one of my I guess you can call it my my specialties. Uh, so I, I, I'm really interested in, in applying mathematics when it comes to poker. Yeah, I mean, I'm super interested in, in all of these pieces of it. I'm, I'm curious if kind of which came first, the poker or the math? Like, have you been playing cards since you were a young child or did that evolve sort of as you were looking for games that involved math or? Tell us about the poker journey a little bit. 
Right. That that is actually a very interesting question because I've been I've been interested in games since I was a kid. So one can say that games came first, but then there's a lot of pattern recognition in games, and you know that you know we we take maths from really young uh, age in, in, in pretty much around the world. So in, in school, so math also came pretty early in my life. So it was all about pattern recognition, but uh, with the, the extra uh, kick to it that I was always interested in, in winning. <laughs> Whether it was, you know, like figuring out the, the solution to a problem or checkmating my opponent because I started with chess uh, at the beginning. So, but, you know, we would play five card poker for as long as I remember myself, you know, around the kitchen table with, with friends, family. So, uh, and it was, it was a blast. I mean, I, I, I love games since I was a kid. And so, I mean, I, I'm a math guy myself, not to your level, but I was an actuary for 30 years. And frankly, it was abstract algebra that made me realize I don't want to go do a master's. Like that was, that was good. I, I loved it until abstract algebra and I saw some of your stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy wasn't bothered by abstract algebra. But I, I noticed that, um, you know, you're teaching poker at UCLA, uh, which is super fascinating. Were you teaching at UCLA before that? Or is that, was that the inroad into UCLA? Yeah, I mean, I, I taught some classes uh, as part of my uh, my doctorate program. I, I taught some classes at UCLA before uh, and math classes. But then, you know, one thing led to another. That's a uh, quite a, a, a long story. But one thing led to another. And uh, now I'm teaching regular poker classes uh, at UCLA, which I'm, I'm very happy about. <laughs> so are you are you I mean, I assume you're teaching it from the perspective of, OK, poker is a medium to learn the Correct. mathematics of it, but, or are you teaching it in a way that you're actually teaching people to become poker players? Correct. Actually, that is, I mean, uh, usually, it, 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 again, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because my goal has always been, you know, to kind of like sneak the math under the table, you know, so try <laughs> to, 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 to realize people, you know, sometimes when math can get in the way, right? I mean, it's, it's so technical. There's so many numbers involved and especially people who are not math majors, Sometimes they can be confounded with all the symbols and everything that's going on. So I'm trying to use metaphors and, and other ideas and to sneak them into essentially the game. And people realize that they're doing, uh, they actually, do, they do math without realizing it essentially. So that's that's what I'm what, I, what I'm trying I'm trying to do. I, I don't always succeed, but at least I'm at least I'm, I'm attempting to do that. So so um, is it is it just are there are the courses that you offer? And I know everything I've seen says they just fill up right away. People are super interested, which yeah. you know, as somebody that went through math programs, you're always looking for teachers that can make things interesting because not all math teachers are, are good at that. So is, is it part of the core curriculum or is it sort of people? These are, are electives. Math? No, no, these are electives. Yeah. So these, all are, electives. these are electives. Yes. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to, um, to, 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 to make it part uh, of the, of the main curriculum. And then some people can take the classes for, for credit. Uh, we're not there yet, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep up anytime soon. So <laughs> I'm curious, um, you know, and, and these guys will chime in. I said, oh, I see Jim has a question, but let me ask this first. Uh, I don't always notice the, the cues to ask other people questions, but uh, Rob Adsom is on the on the uh, call too. And Rob, maybe put in the chat the name of that uh, that group that you guys got involved with in Iowa. I think it was your your son or your daughter-in-law or something. Are you, Duncan, are you involved in, I know there's like, like co collegiate uh, poker uh, tours and collegiate poker like contests and competitions. Do you guys have a team at UCLA and are you involved in that at all? No, unfortunately, not at the moment, but this is actually a great idea. I mean, this is something that I always wanted, wanted to do. I mean, there is, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of logistics. Uh, yeah. uh, one, one of the, I mean, 
for us who, who care about the game and we're very interested, we, we, we tend to forget sometimes that uh, the game is still illegal <laughs> in certain parts of this country right. and definitely certain parts of this world. This is a very, unfortunately, controversial game in the end of the day. Not among us, obviously. I mean, you know, it, it, it's clear, but uh, and uh, there is a lot of hurdles uh, to overcome, you know, like, uh, for, for, for instance, um, part of the reason why uh, I've been having some pushback uh, to turn this class uh, into a class for credit is uh, essentially, you know, some of the uh, powers to be, so to speak, uh, they're complaining that they're going to hear from so many parents how we're trying mm -hmm. to introduce gambling uh, in, into the school, which is actually the the, the, the exact opposite. You know, what, what, what I would really try to do with poker is to take the gambling part out of it and actually explain that even life is all about taking calculated risks, you know, like, oh, uh, incidentally, and I, and I talk about that all the time, one of the, the things that poker has taught me is that we don't, you know, control our, our own destiny. There is a lot of luck involved in life and we got to be ready for it. So people who think that it's all about, you know, oh, you know, you in order to go from uh, A to Z in life, you just have to follow a very specific, mm -hmm. you know, carved path and just go from A to B, B to C, and eventually you're going to get there. I mean, you know, we're deluding basically our students. So understanding that there is elements that we don't control and how to account for it, both in life and, of course, in in, in games, I think can be a, a a great lesson. I mean, that was the the number one lesson I learned from poker, and I would be more than happy, you know, to to help other people, you know, explore that that territory. Yeah, I love that we talk about that a lot. You know, you can make the right decisions, and that increases your expected value over time. But variance is a real thing in poker Absolutely. and in life. And we've had guests, Maria Konnikova, we've had other guests that have sort of elaborated on that as well. Jim, did you have a, a question there? Yeah, just sort of taking off from that. If if uh, some of my friends were considering taking one of your courses and they were more interested in poker than they were in math, what would you tell them to entice them to take the course? Or how would you like describe the course in a way that got them excited about it? Uh, I would tell them, you know, that they are... Uh, right, the, you know, perfect company because the, the the classes are concentrated around poker. Like I said, I mean, the the, the math is the side part of it. So there, there is no, it's not that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going on the on the board and I'm starting writing down equations and and, and, and things like that. But but if people at some point, you know, they want to they want a justification, let's say, of something like, let me give you a very simple example of the two four rule. Right. I mean, I, I can explain, I can explain the math. I can explain, you know, what fractions come come into play there or, you know, like, uh, why am I indifferent? You know, sometimes people say, you know, your action is indifferent. How, how do you justify that? Or, or portals, you know, why do I care? How does that translate? I mean, I can show them the numbers, but, you know, it's not it's not that the, the numbers are the end all be all. So that, that'll be it. If they're interested in poker, that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, we're dealing, <laughs> we're dealing with cards, we're dealing with hands, we're dealing with ranges, we're dealing with like every, uh, you know, every concept that, that, that the poker player is familiar with. Or at least so, we're trying to. Yeah, so what, what, at what point, guys, are we going to have Duncan teach a class for the for Rec Poker Nation? Yeah, let's that's get, Let's forget fun. UCLA. Let's just have you come teach a class. Yeah, this is Rob saying, I want to go to UCLA now. <laughs> well, anytime you, anytime you want to. Oh, man, it would, be, it would be fun to kind of get an academic sure. approach to it. I think that would be super fun, super interesting. Uh, one of the things that came out uh, in one of the bios I read of you, there's bios about you everywhere, so I was piecing it together. But one thing I'm really interested in, this sort of segues into your book, I believe, sure. uh, as well, is, is it said this, despite his impressive academic credentials, Duncan's popularity is a product of his love for simple language and metaphors. Profitable poker play essentially revolves around correct risk-reward optimization. 
this is a complex topic, and Duncan's great strength is that he explains it in simple terms without resorting to technical jargon. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Is that is that just sort of always been your deal? Have you always been able to kind of take these complex things and, and explain them simply, or has that been some somehow some of you you've worked on that as part of your becoming a professor? Talk a little bit about that those two things because often uh, as an actuary myself i know that uh, we don't always explain things in the simplest of terms uh, and that's a real challenge i think for a lot of analytical people so maybe talk a bit more about that uh, how you're able to, to walk that absolutely uh so the the answer is no i mean i wasn't uh, i wasn't born into it by by any means however i was kind of raised into it to be fair and by that i mean that my parents both of them uh, were, were teachers, uh, and uh, I was. They would bring this uh, kind of like a teaching approach to the dinner table, you know. Mm. So they would, and they would try to explain things to us, my sister and I, in in ways that we would understand it. And if we if we didn't, they would try to do it in a different way. And that, you know, slowly but but steadily resonated with me. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, this was kind of, I guess you can call it a blessing and a curse at the same time, because I, I, I realized that was the thing that I, it was so um, embedded in me that it was difficult for me to get away from it mm. <laughs> in a certain sense. So, but, uh, you know, once I embraced it, it, it it's obviously uh, not a curse at all. It's, it, it, it's a blessing. It's, it's something that I, I really like and I really enjoy interacting with people. Uh, so the... Uh, th- th- that was the uh, the nurture uh, the nurture part. Uh, so the sort of nature kind of part was that uh, as I realized that as as I, w- I was growing I, I was growing up, I was presented with opportunities. Again, I was very fortunate. I was presented with opportunities. Sometimes my classmates, sometimes my sister, sometimes my friends. Um, they you know when it would come to games uh, or it would come to um, science questions they had. I, I really liked science as a kid. Uh, they, they would come to me, they would ask questions. And my my, my goal was, uh, you know, as a kid, I wanted to fit in like every other kid. So so my goal was to, to come the message across. It was incredibly important to me. It wasn't important for me to just give them an answer because I wanted them to feel, you know, satisfied. I wanted to feel that they learned something. And, you know, th- that would help me fit in. <laughs> I was a selfish kid. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, what? A selfish kid? What's that now? Yeah. <laughs> You're a normal kid. Okay. Yeah, I, was, okay I, guess, uh, I guess so. You could say so. Uh, so, and, yeah, so, and, uh, and, and I realized that, uh, I mean, I realized as an adult that basically that was practice. <laughs> so, and it was it, it was a good practice. And I remember, for example, like that my, my first memory of, of quote unquote, teaching something would be when my, uh, my teacher was not able to teach that day. And it was like, Duncan, you know, you, you go ahead and, and explain those math, those math equations. And I was excited about it. You know, I wanted, I wanted to do it. And uh, and that, that, that's how it, 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 it sort of became a thing. And now, in terms of adulthood right now, um, and, and also when I was even writing the book, I'm having these constant conversations, either uh, literally or metaphorically, with students. So when somebody is asking me a question, I, I actually trying to, uh, to uh, identify what is it exactly that they're asking me and go to the root to that question and, yeah. and try to address it. And often, um, sometimes when somebody's asking a question, they're not necessarily sure what, what is it even that they're asking. 
and we have to dig together to find out what is the what is the root of that question. And, and if it doesn't resonate, if it doesn't make sense, I will have to try uh, different approaches. Or when I'm formulating an idea, I'm constantly having, so to speak, voices in my head, which is my students. <laughs> Jim is laughing. Yeah, it, it is true. Like, you know, the, my, my students, you know, always having this. Uh, but Duncan, what if, what if my opponent is random? Like, that's a very classic class. Like, if my opponent does random things, I have no way of guessing what they're doing. And of course, my answer to that, you're absolutely correct. You have no way of guessing what they're doing, but that doesn't necessarily imply that that strategy cannot be exploited. So mm-hmm. you are correct. And then, and then they, you know, they would feel like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, he, 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 he's listening to, to, to what I'm saying, but, um, but anyway, so what I, to, to finish, because this is a very, very long thought, but I have the, their voices in my head, which is basically the reason why the, the book has something like close to 300 footnotes, because I'm trying <laughs> to address all the nuance that I know is out there. I mean, I'm trying, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, 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 simplify, to simplify concepts, but of course, I'm trying to not oversimplify them. For those people who want to you know, dig deeper and understand the ins and outs of, of the game, I'm always going to go into the nuance. So yeah, that, that's, that's the fine line, right? That's the fine line. You want to make it simple, but then, you know, I know, I know a lot of people that we've had on the show, they, they've, they, they're really good poker minds and they write simple books to help make people understand. But then there's people like us that are saying, yeah, but you didn't really explain it. You know, so it's a fine line to walk. So it's not like you're trying to kind of walk that line of saying, here's the simple concept, you know, and then, but here, if you want to take it to the next level, it sounds like a good teaching, a teaching sort of tool, right? If you want to take it to the next level, here's where you go. Uh, Chris, did you have something? Yeah, Duncan, I, I'm I'm really curious uh, as somebody who sort of follows poker sort of academically as well as sort of like for for sort of pleasure. I'm you know I think it's really interesting to me how poker is such a draw to some of the like AI research and uh, you know and I'm I'm curious if uh, what what are the next steps or the the kind of cutting edge research that's kind of going on right now uh, with poker and some of those kinds of things. This is an excellent question, Chris. And and, and again, I mean, the, I, I would say that the answer is um, multi-level. Like, for example, there is interest in game theory in general, um, which again has applications not just uh, not just to poker but to other games as well. And that research is is ongoing and it has been for for many many years. Uh, some of you may even know, you know, like the, the famous. Uh, you may have seen the movie of uh, a, a Beautiful Mind with uh, with. Uh, um, Russell Crowe, Joe Nash, exactly. That is that is correct. That is that is Joe Nash who actually made that um, science really popular in in, in the fifties. Uh, so th- that would be the theoretical framework. But like you said, more applied, we have computer science and artificial intelligence, and people are digging very deeply. I'll, I'll write a little bit about it in the book as well uh, with uh, neural networks and uh, and deep learning and all of these you know uh, new ideas that. Uh, people are using in, in, in artificial intelligence. And it is incredibly fascinating because some people may not realize it, but actually um, uh, the poker is more complex than chess, for example. And chess is one of the most complex games out there. And the reason why poker is so complex is because it's a game of imperfect information. That is, we don't have all the information available. Like we don't know where you know our opponent's cards are or what comes next from the deck. So Actually, there's two levels of, of, of information we're missing. We're missing what comes next, and we're also missing our opponent's uh, information. And it turns out that computers had a really, really, really big trouble 
being able to navigate this type of game. They did they did really well in the 90s when it came to chess and and also checkers. Uh, they actually checkers is now fully fully sold. In other words, computers know how to play perfectly, never make a mistake, and they could justify why in checkers. Chess, they're just incredibly good, so good that they can actually beat the world champion. Poker, on the other hand, which is the, um, it was kind of like the last uh, man standing, so to speak. Uh, the uh, the AI is not quite there yet. It's not quite there yet in 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 playing perfectly. They can they can beat heads up as as, as far as I know, uh, uh, and actually they were able to beat uh, limit heads up. But actually, with with Carnegie Mellon, uh, the research at Carnegie Mellon, they were able to. To do no limit as well, and now they they keep moving in uh, no limit heads up, and now they keep moving into uh, several um, players. So slowly, slowly but steadily. And of course, this raises several questions. You know, safety when somebody plays online, and all of these, all of these important important things. Yeah, I know. You know, I've read some of the stuff in some of my prior world. You know, doing stochastic simulations, and you know, now you start talking about you know decision trees, and you got stochastic, and stochastic, and stochastic, and models that run for hundreds and hundreds of hours, if not days, and all these these things. Like, what the heck? And so, I'm kind of curious. Like, you know, does that does that in any way diminish the the beauty of just the game? As you know, as recreational players. You know, we're all trying to get better, right? We're all trying to get better. We're all trying to, like, like Alex beating Bobby, right? Like, we want to, we want to get there. We'll talk about the book, but sure. you know, but but in some ways, sometimes I wonder, man, with all these solvers and all of the information, do you feel like it's going to become where the game is just so math heavy that it sort of ruins it for a lot of recreational players, or do you feel like, nah, it's still going to be, you know, most people are just going to be playing it for fun and trying to learn a few tips here and there? Right. This is this is an excellent question and. Uh, and a very interesting one that I've been thinking myself for a long time. And I think we can, uh, obviously it's a very difficult question to answer in, you know, in a single sentence, but um, we, we, we've, we've learned some lessons for, from chess. For instance, people who are worried, right? Right now, um, undoubtedly, uh, computers are levels ahead of the uh, chess world champion, right? I mean, the, the chess world champion, Magnus Carlsen, has actually stated in interviews, I would never play the best chess machine it's just mm. pointless like i will get demolished and what's the point you know like i <laughs> they're just so so much better so, so much better than me and, and this comes from the uh, chess champion however a few things that we learned is that um first of all humans are not machines so even though there are perfect answers in all of these uh, mm -hmm. games even in chess it's 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 impossible for uh, for humans to be able to um navigate through all of these possible, all of these possible strategies, I, I would say per personally, I would say that it's, it's flat out impossible. So uh, that's one lesson that we we'll learned from, from that situation. Now, what happens with uh, with uh, with technology? Uh, they call them engines in in the chess world. So here we call them solvers, right? So what happens with the with the engines? Uh, what chess players are doing? They have been doing it for at least a couple of decades. So the first time a computer beat the world champion was in 1997 with Deep Blue, when Kasparov lost to, to Deep Blue. So they they have quite the history of losing to to, to engines. Um, the, the, the chess professionals, that is. So what they're doing is they're using the engines uh, as a um, um, uh, as a tool, as a resource to improve their own game while they're studying. So they will try certain strategies while they're looking at the board by themselves at home and they're preparing, and they will just take a second opinion and see what the machine is thinking. None of these players are 
obviously allowed to bring any uh, technological devices with them at major tournaments, and none of them can actually do the calculations the computer are doing. I would say this is very parallel to poker. Um, this is this is incredibly parallel to poker. But I would also add, and this is you know a, a point of controversy, and I should mention that at the beginning. You know, like there is people who who disagree with me, and they're they're very vocal about that. I tend to think that as someone who's actually studied game theory from the inside, I tend to think that um, uh, the solvers are not, uh, first of all, are not as ne necessarily as useful and sometimes can be detrimental to people who do not know how to use them. Mm -hmm. And not only are not as useful, I would argue that under the most normal circumstances, they're also not necessary. So and and this is this is because there is a, a huge difference between poker and chess. In chess, there is uh, what we would call a best move at every position. So if we had infinite time, when you put down the the, the chessboard, and I don't know how many of you play chess, but I mean it's basically two armies battling each other, and then you can see where everybody's putting their pieces. At every point, if we were to take a snapshot, there is an objective, an objective best move. With poker, it's not so clear. Because the best move depends on the opponent's strategy. So the, the metaphor here, what I like to use is the rock, paper, scissors. I mean, you know, like so, some of you may, may have heard me using that if, if you read some of the things that I'm writing online. But if, if, if we're playing rock, paper, scissors, you know, the computer will tell you, oh, if you don't want to be exploited, just randomize, you know, just randomize either rock or paper or scissors. But against someone who is very, let's say, rock heavy or very, very scissors heavy, there are counter strategies that actually yield better results. And since we're actually playing with, with, with humans that actually have tendencies versus, you know, some perfect machine that thinks, you know, per perfectly, we don't, we don't need to randomize. So what would happen in practice, I see a lot of people who, who make, make that quote-unquote mistake, they, they, they would assume, which is the same assumption that the solvers make, that they play against the perfect opponent and they want to try to find what is the perfect adjustment to the perfect opponent. And of course, solvers are uh, are approximately correct to that because there is another issue that solvers are actually not solving the game. So they're solving an approximation to the game. That's another issue, <laughs> which you can talk at some other point. But, uh, but, but the thing is that they're not responding to their opponent's strategy. They're responding to a hypothetical opponent who's not even sitting there. So uh, that, this is why I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, I'm incredibly skeptical incredibly skeptical about solvers. And although I think they have their time and place, exactly like the chess players would use them on the side to uh, to go over certain spots, I think um, they can be they can be detrimental if not if not used properly. Hmm. Oh, so interesting. Oh, did we get dig into that thing for hours? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love all the different perspectives. I'm, I'm curious. I know we're we're already getting short on time a little bit, but I want to I want to talk about the book a little bit because I'm I'm interested in the premise uh, of of this book and kind of why you wrote it and where you wanted to go with this. But the book is why Alex beats Bobby at poker, developing a fundamentally sound approach to poker. And I, you know what I read about it is, or I didn't have time to read the whole book, but I had time to read uh, some of the excerpts and stuff. But this idea of, boy, why why is Alex beating Bobby all the time, right? Why why is this an ongoing sort of thing? And so maybe, uh, and I know I think we have a copy of the book that we're actually going to give away to our member. We have members that are in the chat. We're going to give away a copy of that to the members uh, as well. So we'll do a random draw uh, when we're done with the interview for that, as well as giving away some of the other stuff we're going to do. But but Duncan, maybe talk us talk to us a little bit about the book. Why did you write it? What's the premise? Uh, who would be uh, well served to uh, check it out? 
Oh, sure. Um, so basically, like the title indicates, um, what I'm trying to to explain through the book uh, in as simple uh, as simply as possible. And again, minus all the footnotes, but as simply as possible, <laughs> at least in the, in the main core of the book, uh, I, 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 I'm trying to understand the battle uh, between what I would call, you know, uh, the quote unquote typical professional who is uh, encapsulated by Alice, uh, excuse me, Alex, and then the typical uh, recreational player who is encapsulated by by Bobby. I should actually, uh, I should actually be careful here when I say recreational and professional, the, the, the way I define those terms in the book, professional is somebody, uh, uh, at least for the purposes of this book, uh, who prioritizes profitability over having fun. Yeah. And then a recreational player is somebody who prioritizes having fun over profitability. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I encourage my students, you know, like one of the first things that I would say is that, you know, like limping sometimes can be not sometimes. I, you know, I write entire sections of the book about limping and why it hurts profitability. And then my students will still go ahead and limp and have fun because they want a lot of people to get into the pot and then have fun among them, you know, enjoy their, their drinks and, and food. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm not going to tell you to change that. You're having fun. That is the number one thing that matters to you, and, and that's important. So I'm not bashing people who are having fun. I'm not bashing people who want to have profitability, but I'm making this distinction so that we have a starting point, fun versus profitability um, as goals. And I'm trying to see if someone wants to have fun before and everything else, and someone wants to make profit before and, before anything else. Why is it that the person who wants to have fun, you know, moves uh, money uh, to the person that, that they want to they wanna, they wanna make a profit? And um, and it, it turns out <laughs> that question is not <laughs> as as simple as it sounds. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, are asking questions like the one that I mentioned before. What if my opponent is completely random, for example? And uh, so I, I wanted to dissect. I wanted to go deeply and see what kind of sacrifices. Alex, who, who who plays for profit, makes what kind of fun sacrifices? At what points he sacrifices fun for profitability, and what uh, issues the uh, Bobby has in terms of prof profitability, where the fun aspect of it overcomes the the, the profitability issue and, and why it matters. And I'm trying, you know, I'm starting from things like. Um, in what I would call innate properties of the game. An innate property of the game, for those, for example, who play who play chess, it's a little bit easier to explain it chess, would be that the white pieces start first. That's an innate property. It doesn't matter if you're the world champion or you, know, you learn chess today, if you have the white pieces, you go first. Similarly, in poker, we have innate properties, playing in position. Playing with initiative, you know, having card advantage. And I'm trying to, to quantify why these kind of things you know, matter and why people who are in position, you know, they, they tend to be more, more profitable. But that's that's really the, the game. Or, you know, I like will take a bet and I will try to dissect it. What what makes, what makes, what is a value? Like if we were to put a price on a bet, what is the innate price of the bet? What you would call the intrinsic value? What is extrinsic value of a bet? And, and things like that. I'm trying to dissect it and, and see where the profitability comes, comes from. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I'm, so if you guys have questions in the chat, put them in the chat because we got to wind down pretty quick. But I, I guess my one question out of the book would be, was there anything that surprised you in, in doing the research, doing the study, writing the book? Was, you know, you, you know, was it kind of like, well, this is stuff that I know and I'm just going to put it into a book? Or was there anything that uh, through the process where you went, huh, that's not what I expected either one way or the other? Uh, for, for sure, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, several things, actually. The, the biggest one is that... Uh, 
this is not an then this is not an easy question, you know, because uh, a, a lot of people will say, for example, um, it, it's kind of a running joke uh, among among professionals. Oh, playing against they, they like to call them fish. Playing against the the fish, it's easy. I, I do not think it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, I do not. I do not think it is. And there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that uh, you know one has to be very aware of, and uh, uh, you know their own tendencies and and all the sacrifices that the professional has to make. So that would be a very a very surprising factor for me. How difficult of, of a question that was. Um, the, the the other thing is that. Um, uh, there were actually surprising connections that I found with other games that I wasn't expecting. Like, for instance, one surprising, uh, surprising you, you can you can call it discover discovery. Somebody might call it a triviality, depending on how easy they think things are. But one of the things that I discover is actually poker in terms of games goes three levels deep in its complexity uh, compared to, for example, chess. So chess is a game of, of perfect information. Everybody knows what the what the other person is doing. Everybody sees the moves. Bagaman, on the other hand, is a game of perfect information, but nobody knows what the outcome of the die is going to be next. So there is an extra layer to it. So we can see the board, but we don't know what the role is going to be. Poker does the same thing. We don't know what the turn is going to be. We don't know what the next card is going to be. But then there's an extra layer, and that layer is we don't also know what the cards are. So poker goes into what I call the three levels of ignorance. So we have three, like the third level, the third level of ignorance, because again, chess also has a level of ignorance, and that is you don't know your opponent's strategy. So in chess, you don't know your opponent's strategy. In Bagamut, you don't know your opponent's strategy. You also don't know what the die will bring. And in poker, you don't know your opponent's strategy. You don't know what the deck would bring, and you don't know what your opponent is holding. So there's like three levels of ignorance. And to me, that was surprising. You know, that was very surprising. I was sitting in myself, and I was like, I either stated the most obvious thing in the world or, you know, I'm too slow. <laughs> I should have seen that earlier, but anyway, so. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm in the right place now. There's three levels of ignorance, so I feel like I'm in the right spot. <laughs> I've, I finally found my, my <laughs> the sweet spot in my life. I, I need a t-shirt, three levels of ignorance. <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> yeah, you got to make the t-shirt for that one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, guys, any any other questions from you guys? Obviously, this is this is fascinating stuff, and it's clearly obvious why your courses sell or uh, sell out. They they fill up so quick. Uh, obviously, you're you're a very engaging guy, very smart guy, and uh, you have a lot of fun. I'm sure as you're teaching some of the stuff. So I'm not surprised, and uh, hopefully that'll continue. But any anybody in the panel, any other questions that are that are burning inside you at all? Rob? I'm just looking forward to having you back. Oh, yeah, here's yeah. a question. Um, I'm not going to go to UCLA and sign up for your course, unfortunately. You're, you're in California now. Rob. Aren't you going there no, tomorrow? No, I'm in Nevada. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, California's on lockdown, so everybody's coming from California over to here. But anyway, if I if I'm not in your class, can I take read your book and get kind of the same type of uh, instruction that you would assume to get in your class? Is that really? Is there a really a big connection there? Uh, I, I think, you know, at, at least that, 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 that's my goal, you know, I mean, you know, only time will tell if I succeeded, but my, my goal is to put everything in, in order in the same way that I would, I would present it to somebody else. And, and, and that's why I put all of these footnotes, because I, I really wanted to answer questions before they were asked. I, I, I was doing my best, at least, to, to, to the best of my abilities. But uh, yeah, that, that, that was my, my intention, for sure. 
I love the foot, footnotes are for the writer, not for the reader. You know that. That's... I I I know. I'm so <laughs> I apologize to apologize to to the reader, right? I apologize to the reader and say, listen, you, you guys can skip it. Uh, you can skip it if you want. You, you, there's not going to break any continuity. But I know there's going to be this one person who says, but Duncan, what if you know my opponent does that? You know. So I I felt kind of compelled to put them there. I just can't stop putting footnotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, all right. So, so folks, obviously if you're out in and out in uh, Southern California, oh, there it is. We get, we get, uh, if you're watching this on video, we're getting copies of some footnotes here. If that says footnotes, you know, like note on the footnotes. I don't know if you probably cannot see my oh, Yeah, we can see them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's, you know, I, I put it there, footnote warning. But even there, it looks like the footnotes are actually readable and understandable versus some footnotes are not so much. So uh, it's, it's like a bonus book. It's like you wrote <laughs> volume two in the footnotes. So, so if people are out in California, obviously they can take the course if they're going to UCLA or whatever, but uh, how can people connect with you if they're like, man, I kind of like how this guy thinks. I want to be connected with this perspective uh, so I know when things are coming come out next or whatever. What's the best way for people to connect with you? I would say probably Twitter. Uh, I like to, you know, put some of my my thoughts there. Uh, I like Twitter also because it forces me to be very condensed. <laughs> I don't always <laughs> succeed, but <laughs> uh, so uh, at Twitter I have. Uh, so my Twitter is uh, ask uh, the math dr. Uh, ask yep. the math as as in ask the math uh, doctor. This is a actually this is the, the, the same uh, URL as my website, and it's unfortunately the only URL I found available at the time. So it's not it's it's not the the the, the, the name I would have chosen, but you know it, it is what it is. You know, so it's yeah. it's a little bit pretentious sounding. I don't like it very much, but you know. <laughs> ask the math doctor. Well, no, I I like it, and the website's good. It's got good info. The Twitter stuff is good, and if you have trouble finding Duncan, reach out to us, and we'll connect you. But we'll We'll put that in the show notes uh, as well. So anything, anything else as we wrap up that coming down the pike that we should know about or anything else you want to talk about quick that we hadn't uh, shared? Uh, no, I don't know if, if, if anybody has any, any questions of any kind, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to answer them. Oh, I don't know what just happened there. I, I think I lost my sound or something, but can you guys hear me? Okay. Okay. I don't know what just happened to me, but, but all right, Duncan. Well, man, thanks for, thanks for jumping on here. That was fantastic. Uh, good, good stuff. Uh, the the book sounds fantastic. I know uh, Rob leads our book study, so now we've got another candidate uh, to put in there to to maybe study that. And if we do study that, we'll have you back on and talk about it. Otherwise, Jim, I think we need to get this guy back on again. He's he's a fount of fount of knowledge and wisdom. Thank yeah, let's you. do it. We'll be in touch, Duncan. Absolutely. All right, Duncan. Well, well thanks again. We're gonna we're gonna transition. Uh, I do have a big announcement for the for the crew too as well. But uh, we're gonna transition to some of our our community stuff. Uh, so you're welcome to jump off now and we'll be in touch uh, as far as next steps on some different things. Uh, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you have a, a wonderful year. I know the last year was not that ideal. So let's hope this one is a little bit better and uh, stay safe and healthy out there. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thank All you right, very Duncan. much for having me. Cheers. All right, Thanks, Duncan. Thanks so much, Duncan. Take care. All right. So we got a, we have a copy of the book to give away. We have a free drawing to give away, and I've got an announcement, and we have an ad to run. Jim, what should we? What's the order that you want to do these things? Oh boy, in? why don't we? Why don't we roll for who gets to win a copy of Duncan's book right now? All well, right, we've got this. Uh, well, we've got some Duncan momentum. So we've got we've got ten attendees, and if you are in the continental United States, you will get a hard copy. Otherwise, an e version. We got the D ten nerd dice die. Let's see what we got. 
Seven, starting from the top, counting down. One, two, three, four, five, six. Martha, Martha, <laughs> I happen to know, is going to get an e-copy because she does not live in the <laughs> continental United States. Congratulations, Martha. You're going to love that. Nice, nice. That means and, Jim's probably going to get a copy of the book. Is probably what that yeah, means. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> never know. Never know what might happen. I don't I know. What do you, what do you want to do next? I want to do the seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should be taping. I should be taping it, right? Nice. Congratulations, Martha. Yeah, she'll she'll enjoy that. All right. Uh, so what do you think? The, I think let's let's roll. Let's roll the commercial. Uh, and then we'll come back and I'm going to review a couple of things. I do have an announcement to share. So we'll come back to that deal. Then we'll do the other drawing piece. So uh, feel free to hit it whenever you're ready. I wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead. What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. All right, there he is. Now I just got to remember to unmute myself at the end of that <laughs> Uh, fantastic stuff. All right. So here's the announcement. Uh, you, you guys don't even know this yet. This is literally breaking news. Da, 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 da. I don't know what the sound is, but um, okay. So we know that uh, we're having free jet and the training course starts February 3rd. Uh, we know that in the past he's brought in a special guest for one of the sessions. Um, and so I've been asking him if, if he knows who that is yet or not. Uh, he literally, as we started recording, got back to me on what the plan is. Uh, and so he said, uh, and I'll do a little bit of a tease here, but uh, this person is going to help him coach at least three classes. Uh, so he's really kind of, he's a special guest slash assistant coach, but going to help him with at least three of the 10 classes. And the person is Martin Jacobson. Oh, sweet. Right. It's going to be a 2014 one. World Series of Poker main event winner, Martin Jacobson. Um, is going to be assisting Fareed in the training of this course. Uh, wow. So I said, can I announce this? Are we locked in? Are we sure? Like, I don't want to say anything that that isn't sure. He said, no, he's going to help me with at least three classes. So uh, obviously things can change, but according to Fareed, that is the deal. So uh, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> so I wasn't that's sure. We were hoping maybe will it will be Bryn Kenny. Will it be, you know, somebody else that maybe we're not, you know, we don't have the same track record history of, but, uh, but that's pretty cool. So, um, so Martin Jacobson is going to be part of the uh, free training. If you, if you're wondering about what this is that we're talking about, go to rec.poker slash Fareed, F-A-R-I-D. Uh, he's doing a, a five week, 10 session, two hours per session course. Uh, exclusively for Rec Poker. Uh, we couldn't be more thrilled uh, about this thing and we're chomping at the bit for it. Uh, Jim, go ahead. And if you can do some pretty simple math, I'll tell you that the course is normally $1,000, but if you buy a premium membership at Rec Doc Poker for 15 bucks, then it's only eight fifty. So that feels like a good trade if someone wants to trade $15 in membership for 150 bucks off the course. So go to rec.poker slash Fareed and uh, secure your spot in the course now. Start yeah, and you, can, and you can get, we're giving these giveaways. These, we got Facebook Live drawings, we got these drawings. You, you show up to a, a member event, you can get drawn and win 50 bucks off. If you've already purchased the course, we'll just refund you 50 bucks. So why don't we do that now, Jim, too? Why don't we take care of that? Should we, we got, uh, 
should we just give it to Ben or should we actually roll the dice? It's going to be oh, Ben right. anytime, right? It's like Ben every time. Wait, what number is we Ben? We here. should see what, what number Ben Yeah, is. can we take like, actually, I think Ben might have reached the max on this. Can we adjust the bylaws here? Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah, we're only the 200 max. You can only win the up to dollars in coupons. He might actually already be up to 200. All right, let's roll see. a one though for Ben, I think. It's a four. Nope. Let's start at the top. Oh. One, two, three, four. Jacob, congratulations, oh. Jacob. You're going to get a $50 credit. Um, toward the purchase of either the rec, uh, the uh, free Jatin course or the Rec Poker Learning Together package, which is only 250 bucks, uh, which is a lot of fun. Do you think we can really handle Jacob being any better? <laughs> That's <laughs> no. a good point. I, you know, Wait no. a second. Was that a four or a nine? Yeah, no. Yeah, that was, oh, at shoot. It, a oh, shoot. Yeah. Hey, I do have a little breaking news on Jacob, too. We uh, Him and I went back and forth a little bit over the past week, and I do know how to say his name, so... Uh, oh. I'm assuming I, I don't even I haven't looked, but I'm assuming John's going to have to say it today. Him or his dad. Probably. probably yeah, I do. It is, it's Kiki. <laughs> it's Kiki. Kiki. So it's like Kiki Vandeway if you're an old basketball fan. But but Kiki. So we've been wondering, is it Kik? Is it Kika? Whatever. So it's Kiki. Kiki. So there you go. All right. Well, Jacob, email, email me, Jim, at rec.poker to remind me that you are now the proud owner of a $50 coupon. Yeah. Nice. Nice Congrats. work. All right. So, uh, what do we have any other business to take care of before we, before we transition into the home games and stuff? I think hmm. we reached that part of the program, right? I could do a little forums announcement, I guess. We, uh, I, I could just interrupt John with this. Should we wait that? And, uh, no, let's, let's no, okay. We'll have plenty to interrupt him with. with. Yeah, that's a good point. That's as long as there's something. We'll come up with something. Um, uh, so starting by the time you hear this, uh, we will be inviting premium members to join us for the taping of the forums edition of the podcast. So if you're a premium member at rec.poker, uh, if you've got a forum post that you'd like to talk to the panel about on the air, just go to the, uh, the calendar of the event schedule, click on the link to come join the forums edition of the podcast, just like you did today to come join this one. And uh, we can come talk poker, my favorite thing in the world. Sweet. And I, I might as well go ahead and make my announcement before we get into John too, just with the, with the Reckies award show, just because this is tomorrow. Now, if you're listening to this, when mm -hmm. it releases, the Reckies is tomorrow, 6.30 PM central time. So 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern uh, on the 27th of January. Uh, and just to give you a list of a few folks. So we got, we got a ton of awards, Danny Schneider, Colin Anderson, been putting this thing together. It's amazing. Uh, we've been working with the pros to get them uh, to, to, uh, read off some of the winners uh, now clearly this isn't all of the categories but we've got uh we got uh, folks like zach elwood kale clayton sky matsuhashi jonathan little tommy angela nate mavis lexi gavin Fareed jadden adam friedman uh, maria ho dutch boyd robbie straczynski merv harvey diva burn chris moneymaker daro kearney sarah herring <sighs> elliot Rowe, ryan laplante chad holloway and a couple others uh, that are planning on giving away awards. So should be fun. Uh, oh, Matt Berkey probably too. He just got a hold of me today. Said, I want to do one. All right, let's figure out. I, I, I just texted uh, Colin and Danny said, what other awards do we have to give away? Berkey wants to give one out. So it's going to be fun, you guys. It's, uh, it's going to be the funnest eight-hour award show we've ever had. <laughs> and a couple of giveaways and prizes too, right? Uh, yeah, we're giving month, away all kinds of stuff. There's too. a month yeah. at LPP coming up for grabs, some more of these Fareed courses. There's all sorts of fun stuff. So come yeah, try we're going to find some stuff too to, to give away too. So yeah, we're, we're planning on doing it an hour and a half. I'm just scaring you about the eight hours, but uh, it, should be, it should be fun. So January 27th, 6.30 p.m. Central. And we, yeah, some of the stuff we're giving away will be for the people that are on. They're actually there watching it live. So we are going to record it. It will be available later. Uh, but the award, what were the stuff that we're giving away uh, will be for the folks that are in attendance. All right. I'm excited. John, what do you got? You got anything going on at all? You do anything around here anymore? 
There's no, no not really. Games, right? <laughs> not really. Uh, but I thought I'll start by interrupting myself and say I've got 20 bucks on the over for the hour and a half. Uh, yeah, I, it would take some pretty good odds for me to bet against that, John. Uh, so, one of our members, sorry, John, just cut you off there for a yes. second. One of our one of our members in the chat is at Ben's asking, is Steve, Steve singing O Canada? I don't know, Steve, you're going to warm up the pipes for the award I, show? I, I'm under your guys' direction. Now, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard, most of what I've heard is that we're going to wait and do it live, something, but there may be some element of it or something. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we I think it's been walk. so we delayed that we have to do it twice, once live and once virtually. Yeah, <laughs> I like what Chris is saying. I like yeah. the sound of that. Yeah, I don't like any of you people. <laughs> 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 so we, we may kick it off with a little bit just as a tease. Uh, but if I'm doing the whole thing at the award show, I'm not doing it again. Unless, uh, unless there's some other international run. Again. Ben, I think if I think if you show up, uh, you'll have a good time. Let me put it that way. Yeah, and and Kim yeah. Kim had asked if we're dressing up. I we haven't talked about that. You guys dressing up? I might I might dress up a little bit just for fun. I, I think, think that's a great. Yeah, fun. I don't have a class, but I might, wear, I might wear a shirt and tie. You won't know that yeah. I'm just wearing shorts, but I'll, <laughs> I'll have the zoom the zoom mullet going on. Right, the business on the top and the party the zoom on the bottom. Mullet. I love it. Yeah, yeah I might dress I'll up, spiff up a little. I'll spit. I'm not shaving. But <laughs> I maybe you never know. Nice, nice. All right, John, we'll try. We'll try you again here. <laughs> okay. Two. So uh, <laughs> we had a brand new started, brand new season on the mixed game series. Really excited to have a different winner this this year. You know, let someone else shine. And of course, Patty ninety eight, Mike Patrick comes in and wins the very first mixed game uh, five card draw tournament of the year the guy is Death. so good and he i mean he had a really good i mean i was looking we were all kind of we were like down to two tables we all had like 20 30 000 chips and also we get to the final table mike's got like ninety five i'm like what happened he's like well flopped full house against a flopped flush against flop trips so there you go <laughs> in the five card draw or not flopped but dealt i guess the word yeah Death, taxes and mike patrick good job mike we- yeah, and I think Chad McVean had the runner-up in that one too. Yeah. Good to see two of my favorite Canuckians battling it out head to head. It probably was. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna. I mean, it could be just karma. Until Steve sings "O Canada," <laughs> maybe we just can't get away from Canadian winners. <laughs> yes, I don't yes, know. John. That's right. He's onto something. He's onto something there. Oh, I love that, John. <laughs> Uh, the other big event we had this last week was the Daily Series Tournament of Champions that took place on Monday, January 11th. And LTP4 of Spades, Brandon Smith, won that. And I remember uh, an episode or so ago, I talked and I didn't know what LTP stand for. It's some type of poker club of his. Yeah. I don't remember what the names uh, stood for. But anyway, it's a group of friends who got together, much like Rec Poker, played a bunch of poker, and that's where he got his screen name. So Yeah, he, he explained the, I forget the name of it too, and then, but the four of spades is his favorite card in the deck. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I I don't know. I think anyone who has a favorite card or favorite hand has yeah. something a little off. And just their little... name, and uses that in their name. <laughs> five, five, five. Chris, Chris is giving you the side eye pretty mean. Yeah. <laughs> I deserve it. Uh, <laughs> then for our daily series, uh, Wolfman 109 and a, oh, Adam Wolf nice. got his first daily series win of the year. Keck Congratulations. Adam, sorry, we got, we got a shout out Adam here because ARW is uh, maybe the, the most comprehensive forum poster at rec.poker. So congratulations, Adam. You earned that one. 
And then we have Keck Geek, Mark Kiki. Uh, got his first daily series victory of the year. No Keck surprise. Geek 65 then came back the next night. Jacob Kiki and got his second daily series back to back? victory of the year. Back no, to back. Oh my God. And, Bobby's you know, that's a, Jacob's oh. 11th victory yeah. overall. Wow. So um, then JBT Twin Cities, Joanne Bird got her first victory of the year. Gloves 1010, Colin Anderson got his first daily series victory of the nice. year. Evil Roy CA, another Canadian. That's right. We're won taking the over. daily mixed series or daily mixed practice tournament. Mm. Oh, okay. And then we have this game, man. Pra- yeah. Practice? Well, we have nothing to do up here. It's dark most of the year. Practice? Are we talking about practice? <laughs> <laughs> practice? We're yeah, Ben, you say it, Ben. <laughs> we all got to practice. So then, you know, just. <laughs> ben Enslow's asking if we can skip the international events. Yeah. So do you think we should skip them? I, think I mean, I it's so predictable. I after... guess I've already put them in the Just think how bad it could have been, though. I know you're talking about this, but just think how bad it could have been. This thing you're about to read out. True. So Magra 44, Doug Drabeck won both international tournaments uh, on Saturday. That's the 8, a, or 8 a.m. and 2 p.m. tournaments. And those wow. are his first two international victories of the year. He's mm. had nine of them total. So, Jeez. guys, come out ah. on Saturday morning and don't let Doug win anymore. Yeah, <laughs> let's make this a little harder for Doug on Saturday's team. Let's get out there into these international series. And we're all just ganging up on Doug. <laughs> yeah, Ben's, Ben's, I, Ben's in there. He's trying. He just keeps winning. I'm in there. I can't beat the guy. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I've played a few of them too, and I haven't had any luck. <laughs> Doug, Doug says it was a long day Saturday. Yeah, yeah thanks, Doug. <laughs> Congrats, Doug. Yeah, because Doug's going to get to the next one too. Well, yeah, because then um, was it that one that we had JGRT1110? That's Chona. Is that how you pronounce her name? It, it, yeah, I think I think that's how you pronounce it. Chona Bittang, uh, or Bitting. Uh, got her first daily series victory of mm-hmm. the year. But it was in the, and, it was in the one that gloves that Colin won. That was the other one. That was the nightly one that Doug went went second place on. Is that the one? I know there yeah. was another one that he went uh, yeah. and got a second place. The three on. that day was he went. Oh, yeah, that's he right. won the, the morning, the won the afternoon, day. and then runner up to Colin. Uh, and that's oh, kind of virtually God. railing Colin a little there. Uh, <laughs> that, that night, second place Doug got crazy. Oh, my God. You know, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not he has his name recorded on the rec poker site or if he needs to be suspended. Yeah, yeah. I thought I looked there. I didn't see it. It looked a little fuzzy. Maybe it was yeah. my screen. But some sort of violation. I, but seriously, it's it's very impressive. We, we definitely have some uh, powerhouse players here mm. yep for sure well yeah, thanks john i know we're what are we doing now 10 tournaments a week or something uh there's, <laughs> there's a lot going more on than that. it's actually more than that is it more than that with the toc and the practice and everything yeah else? yeah but oh, but super man. fun and, and i honestly i do there's not a week that's gone by for the last several months that I, first of all we get a lot of people saying thanks for doing this and i just say thank john uh thank john but we also i always get people saying hey can we add a can we add a, can we add a, a sunday can we add a tuesday afternoon can we add a whatever and i'm trying to trying to keep the lion at the gate john but there, there's a huge demand for it i think it's 
it's partially the play, but partially the play because people know that they're going to get a good game. They're going to learn something as they go. And then there's always the, the community elements of it too. But yeah, uh, it'll shock John to hear that Steve doesn't actually just start a new tournament. Every time someone asks, this is constrained. This is what this well, is. It was kind of interesting Saturday night. Uh, some of you know, I also host a Papes series. Yeah. And Saturday was the day that ha- was Papes as well. So we had four rec poker tournaments plus two Papes tournaments. <laughs> so the next day I had six tournaments to record in the morning. And the Papes ones are still a little bit more manual and require a little more work. Uh, so it uh, definitely keeps me busy. Yeah, well, it's amazing, John. At some point, you're just going to be like, I'm done. That's it. But hey, at thanks. least now the Vikings and the Steelers aren't playing on Sundays anymore. So we've got a little more time on Sundays. <laughs> right. opened, our, opened our schedules right up. Well, yeah, good stuff, John. Thanks too, too again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, too soon. Wow, we, we knew ours was going to happen. You probably yeah. had some. I, I adopted the Buffalo Bills in like week two, so <laughs> I'm still I still got a team left. Nice, I love it. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun story. I, I wanted Cleveland Buffalo. That would be such a sweet AFC yeah. championship. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything? Uh, okay. So, John, anything else on the home game stuff, John? Nope, that's it. All right. Thanks for everything. How about uh, Chris, Rob? Any updates you guys want to give, Chris? Well, I just coming up. Uh, you know, Memberland. Uh, it's going to be a lot of. Flop. We're going to be talking about a lot of flops. So the member seminar in February is going to be talking about flop texture. And uh, the focus, if you haven't joined the focus and you don't know what it is or you're kind of curious, it's our study group. Um, it's been, uh, we're going to take the month of February off and we're coming back in March. But um, you can find the post on the forum. You just asked to join the group. Um, and we're looking at one flop and we're going to break it down hmm in a lot of different ways from in position, from out of position, from starting with our entire range. And I think it should be a really valuable conversation. So Sweet. come join yeah. us. And we're not talking about basketball flops, right? Or soccer flops. Because <laughs> right. nope. I'm kind of done with flops in professional sports. Poker flops. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Rob, you got anything for the book study? Uh, yeah, we got about 11 books on the list here for... Uh, March. So I think somehow I'm going to have to put out a, a some sort of a survey out there and see if I can get people to uh, narrow it down to see which book is really the one that we want to go after. But I get a lot of reaction. A lot of people have been sending me some um, tweets on, you know, the books that they want to, they want us to study. So we got a nice long list and I think I just have another book to add to it <laughs> Yeah, that we just uh, talked about today. So and you're looking at, uh, so we have the free training. So you're looking at kind of restarting the book study sometime mid March. In March. So. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. March. Yeah. So you guys heard it. If you got ideas for Rob, uh, you know, or, or look, follow him on Twitter and, and make sure that you uh, cast your vote when the time comes. All right, guys. Well, anything else for the, the good of the order? We're all no, everybody's good. All right. Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up there. Uh, make sure you uh, go ahead and check out Rec Poker, sign up for the newsletter. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Running Aces, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel, smallsmallbusiness.com. Uh, thanks to our guests, man. That was super fun. That was super fantastic. Thanks to the panel. Thanks to everybody that jumped on there, and we'll uh, chat with you next week. <laughs>